This is Todd Foley, creator of Day Trippers and Other Borders. You're listening to Legends of Tabletop. Hey everybody, this is John. And this is Vince. And you're listening to Legends of Tabletop. Creating legends one die at a time. Good evening everybody. Uh, we're going to be playing Day Trippers tonight. The actual play uh, with Todd Foley at the helm of As If Productions. But before we get into the gameplay, uh, I know you guys hate uh, you know, to waste time on commercials and such, but uh, for the month of March, Easy Roller Dice Company is sponsoring the Legends of Tabletop podcast. If you use code LEGENDS10 at checkout, you'll get an additional 10% off your order. Not 11, 11 and not 9. Not 14. Ten. Yep. 10. Not 69. So, <laughs> so use Try code... 42, it might work. I don't there think it'll work. But if you use code LEGENDS10, you'll get 10% off your order. Um, the good good bunch of guys, they're gamers. That's created by gamers for gamers. They've got some some awesome products over there from dice to dice bags, dice mats, flip mats, your reversible... Um, you know, you know, mats for like D&D and things like that. Uh, so go over there, check them out. They've got beautiful metal dice. Uh, they just finished up their Kickstarter for the rose gold metal dice set. So uh, once they all get filled, you'll be able to find those on the site as well. Uh, it won't mm-hmm. be in March, unfortunately. So if you want to wait, uh, you know, if you order something now and they stick around as a sponsor, you know, maybe you could use that code later on when the, the rose gold dice are available. But uh, please go over and check them out. Uh, use uh, supporting our sponsors, uh, you know, helps to keep everything moving along. And, uh, you know, like I said, they're a good bunch of guys and, you know, you're going to get a good price and uh, offer a 30-day money-back guarantee. So uh, you've got nothing to lose. So head on over yeah. to easyrollerdice.com and check them out. Yes, and despite the fact that they do offer a 30-day money-back guarantee, you will not need it. Never need it. No. Unless something's broken. I mean, you know, the U.S. Postal well, Service. Well, yeah, it's the, yeah. Well, I would blame the, 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 uh, the, the crack unit at the post office. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, yeah. so... Uh, uh, right before I kicked sponsored, sponsored original online content people get used to it because when the robots take all our jobs it's going to be like the only job left <laughs> yeah it could be alright and uh, I've finished my uh, birds of a feather coffee already for this evening to uh, wake me up before the game so also uh, check out birds coffee as well our original sponsor the OG sponsor uh, so I'm going to kick everything over to Todd I'm going to let him explain what the uh, Day Trippers is all about, and uh, then we'll introduce our characters and get into the game. So take it away, Todd. Hi. Hey there. I'm Todd Foley of As It Productions and the author of Day Trippers. Uh, it's a tabletop role-playing game that's sort of a hybrid OSR slash narrativist game. You'll see a lot of play going back and forth between me and the, and the players as the, as the uh, mission coalesces. Uh, it's a pretty freewheeling kind of a game, very simple rules. I'm sure you'll pick it up really quick. We're set in a uh, near-future science fiction multiverse. It's about 100 years in the future. This is a game in which an assortment of colorful character classes pilot unique machines into dream worlds and pocket universes, other dimensions, and alternate Earths in order to retrieve items of value and bring them back home. 
So the time is shortly after the year 2100. In fact, let's say it's 2117. The location is the first world. Uh, massive mega corporations dominate the economic landscape. Incredible advances in technology make the most miraculous things possible, from dream recording and genetic modification to nanotechnology and microfusion power. But the most earth-shaking development of the 21st century is one we're only beginning to see the ramifications of, because as the 22nd century dawns, slip space is opening for exploration. Uh, new and experimental vehicles known as slipships have the ability to transfer their compartment into other dimensions, other realities, for a period of time no longer than 24 hours. The bold adventurers who pilot these vehicles will face a multiverse of physical and psychological dangers to bring back priceless scientific knowledge and powerful artifacts from far-flung dimensions and alternate timelines. And they are called day-trippers, and you are one of them. <laughs> so, uh, so with this tonight, we have uh, Vince is playing Benjamin Fitch. He's going to be the pilot of our vessel tonight. John is playing Jack Nash, or we just call him Nash. He's a uh, alcoholic, guilt-ridden bag of neuroses walking around, and he is the soldier of the crew. And then these two guys have been hired by the agent of Charles Chip Parsons, we'll call him Chip, played by Jesse. Now, he is sort of a, a like a, what would we say, B-list actor. Uh, he's looking to make a comeback, and he has to learn how to pilot a flying vehicle. So that's why his his agent, uh, uh, I, I forgot, it's, it's, it's D.B. D.B. is your agent's name, got you hooked up with Fitch, who brought Nash along, and they're going to take you on whatever mission they managed to find. Now, these guys are kind of on hard terms themselves. Uh, they don't own their own slip ship. So they kind of have to take whatever jobs come along that the client is willing to provide the ship for. And uh, D.V. Quartz, by the way, is your, is your agent's name, Chip. Mm -hmm. So they've contacted a friend of theirs called Lithium Rand. Lithium Rand is kind of a fixer. Uh, he's, a, he's a broker. He's got a lot of connections. Uh, he, knows, um, he knows you guys from back in his days in the military where he was a radio operator, did a lot of... Uh, uh, Compression, encryption, decryption, and uh, after the after his stint in the military, he just sort of drifted around. But he knows a lot of people, has a lot of connections, a lot of people with money rely on him to find. You know, it's kind of like the A team, right? When you need something done, and uh, it may or may not be legal, and you just you're willing to pay for it. Uh, Lithium is the guy that they go to, and he puts together a team. So. Um, before we get to our talk with Lithium, I want to ask you guys a couple, a couple questions about your living situation, all right? Uh, ben and Nash, do you, do you live together, or what's, what's your living situation? Uh, we, we do not. I have uh, an apartment on the, uh, eh, on the worser side of town. Um, you know, it's not, not fantastic, uh, but, uh, you know, it's, it's a roof over the head, and, uh, you know, there's usually some beer and, you know, like maybe an apple and some ketchup in the refrigerator. Okay. So that sounds like your girlfriend, Susie, does not live there with you. No, she, she comes and goes. Okay. Yeah, I live, I run solo, a very minimalistic lifestyle. I don't really care about personal possessions so much as I do the next adventure. 
So you have one of those, baby. you have one of those micro apartments, kind of like uh, in the fifth element. It, it's a little larger than that, but sort of on the same the same order, yeah. Okay, okay. Pretty cheap. Cost you one megabuck a year. There you go. Uh, okay, so you guys, where do you uh, where do you like to hang out? Do you, do you like crash at, or do you hang out at one of your places? Do you have a, a favorite uh, bar or a haunt? Maybe what do you guys feel like? What works um, for your vibe? Nash and I probably hang out at one of the local bars, the dive bars in between both of our locations. Mm -hmm. yep. All right. You guys hang out at a bar called King Cobras. Nice. Nice. And uh, you've, uh, you're sitting there nursing a couple when uh, uh, Nash, you get a, I'm sorry, Ben, uh, you get a message on your phone. And uh, yeah, it's lithium. That's where you guys are at. He says he thinks he's got something, but he needs to talk about it in person. All right, I put my, I take one more, one more swig of my drink. I look over at uh, at Nash and I show him the my my phone, my chronometer. Like, we're needed, dude. You up for it? He's 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 not even paying attention. He's like staring off into the middle distance. He's got his, you know, his both hands on the table, one hand around a glass of whiskey. Uh, you know, speeding up sweat, rolling down his, you know, rolling down his finger, and he he doesn't he doesn't listen. Like he just you don't you don't catch him the first time. Okay, Nash like, is kind of the, the silent type. I imagine it's Ben who does uh, most of the talking. So Ben, have you invited Chip along with you, or are you uh, or do you not want to fraternize with the clientele? What what's your feeling on that? That's a good question. Would I? Would I normally like? What is my uh, uh, my relation to him? Uh, his his agent contacted you, uh, saying right. they're they're looking for somebody to to teach an actor how to fly. All right. Well, at the moment, we're teaching him how to drink properly. <laughs> <laughs> so he is here with us. Um, I look. I I mean, he's sort of in the fold now. So I look over at him. I take a puff of the cigar. Put my drink down. I put the phone down. And I lean over. I'm like, "Look, uh, Nash is a little, uh, a little froggy at the moment. We need to, we need to get him out of here. Get him moving. Get him. Uh, let him have him finish his drink, and let's get the fuck out of here. We have a job to do, and I'm going to need your help. You with me? You good for this? Is this something you want to do to get your uh, your career moving? All right. So Charles, he's trying to like get into the character, and so he actually is trying to like mimic you and get your persona down. Oh, cool. So he's trying to smoke the same cigar that you and the same drink. And he takes a puff and, <coughs> and leans over you're, on the bar, kind of trying to look like you and he goes, damn right. You're getting there, kid. Yeah. I like All your right. style. Hey, ah, thanks. Yeah. Nice. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to lean over to, to uh, Nash and I tap him on the back of the head. I'm like, are you fucking awake? What's up? When you touch him, his head fucking snaps around. He goes, cut it with that. What? Cut it with that military shit already. We're done. We're. I. We just started. Not that. No. The the past. You dwell on it too much. Too much. You know how that upsets me. You're ruining the vibe. You're ruining the vibe. He just he kind of you know he rubs his drink. Stuff. Yeah, we got I, our drink. We got a Hollywood actor here. You're making us look bad. Exactly. <laughs> Come on. Snap out of it. Drink this guy? You mean Nick? Nick, the new guy? Chip. Chip. 
Do you actually call him by the wrong name? I do, yeah. <laughs> Christ. I love it. Um, Chip, do you correct him? It, he, he'll kind of like raise his finger to kind of speak up a little bit. But then yeah, when, no, no. Uh, when, yeah, when Fitch kind of settles in, like he'll just kind of back down a little bit. Hey, did any of you guys happen to pick up the uh, the skill of drug tolerance? <laughs> no. Of course not. <laughs> There's no fun in that. that. I'm not that kind of former childhood actor, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> How much have you been drinking? Oh, let me just do this. Um, look at your health score. Yeah. Uh, health is two. Okay, pick up that many D6s and roll them. Keep the highest one. Tell me what you got. All right. I'll be using the Civil War dice. Uh, five. Five here, too. Five. All right. So you guys are uh, you guys are feeling a little buzzed, but there's nobody who's actually inebriated here. You can you can handle a meeting right now. Okay, yeah, I, we sort of got a. We have a bit of a tolerance level. <laughs> yeah, I I would say that, that Jack probably has a very high tolerance level because he drinks a <laughs> lot, <laughs> like functional alcoholic type. Although he does not drink on mission, so. Well. <laughs> not, not officially. Oh, he does <laughs> not. Down, no, man. he does not drink on mission. At least not when the client is sitting across the table. You you just say it out loud. <laughs> Okay, so it just takes a few minutes. Maybe you guys have time to, like, down the, the last of your beers uh, before Lithium shows up. Now, he's a tall, almost albino-looking guy um, with Liberty Spikes and a business suit. It's an interesting combination. <laughs> it is. Uh, he comes is in almost immediately. He comes striding across the room. He goes, all right, it's, it's not the greatest job in the world, and I don't have a whole lot of detail, but... I just met this guy last night, and I know you guys were looking for a game. This involves some atmospheric piloting, which I know was high on your list. So oh, yeah. I, just, I just decided to contact you guys immediately. I'll, I'll let you know what I know. I met this guy last night in a bar. Uh, his name is, uh, his name is uh, what's his name? He's recycling through his pockets. Ingwe uh, Cordoba is the guy's name. All right, now, all you guys can make a brains roll. That means roll as many dice as your brains stack. Uh, I need another three-sider. And if you have, uh, let's see. Let's just make a straight brains roll. Take the straight brains roll. Take the highest one. Tell me what it is. I got a five. Whoa. Eleven. No, take the highest one. Take oh, the, the highest, highest six. Six, I guess. <laughs> there you go, yeah. Okay, who rolled six? Jesse. Uh, I did. Chip. Okay, Chip, you actually know who that is. It kind of makes sense because this guy this guy comes from money and power. Uh, if if it's the same dude, I mean, and how many Ingwe Cordobas can there be in the world? Right. The guy is the CEO of a company called Somnambula Incorporated. They make uh, dream decks. These are dream recorders. Interesting. Uh, you didn't mention that to the other two? Well, I got a five, so I think I would know too, right? Uh, for On a five, the name rings a bell, but he's not that famous. Okay. Fair enough. Yep. Yeah, I only got a three, so I wouldn't know. Uh, Chip, are you going to share this information? Um, yeah, I'll probably I'll probably speak up and just say, what does, what is, what does he want with any of this stuff? Lithium looks at you. 
Uh, he's trying to he's trying to place you. He recognizes your face probably from TV, but he, he can't remember exactly where he knows you from. But he looked a little confused for a minute, and then he just clears his throat and he turns back to Ben. He says, All right. uh, look, I, don't, "I don't know what the guy's deal is, but uh, he's got he's got a, a keen interest in uh, in dream worlds, and uh, you guys are going to be heading to one." Oh, All right. lithium. This is Chip. Chip, this is lithium. Uh, there you go. You now know each other. Chip is cool. He's shadowing us. He's coming with us. Uh, we vouch for him. And so this guy you met in the bar is giving us a job, and you don't know much about him. That's that's grand. Oh, and we're going to a dream. backyard kingdom. You're the guy from Backyard Kingdom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that's that's me. Yeah, good to meet you. I remember that show. My little yeah. sister used to watch that all the time. Oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> See what you've been doing with yourself? Yeah. Oh, you know, just took some time off to find myself, and and, and now you know, I'm done a lot of indie projects, and now I'm trying to get back into the big time. And these guys are are going to help me get back into it. Well, Jack just looks at him deadpan. Is like he's been living in the gutter like the rest of us. Yeah. Ah, living the dream. Of course. Okay, well, uh, yeah, living the, he says living the dream, and uh, suddenly that, that actually does strike. Nash, you, you remember living the dream. You heard that on a commercial for Somnambula Incorporated for their, for their Dream Deck technology. Okay. It's also printed on the box. When you buy one of their Dream Decks, it says Somnambula Inc. Living the Dream, and then on the other side of the box, it says, dream it all again. Those are their, those are their slogans. Um, and the reason you remember that is because your girlfriend, Susie, has one of these dream recorder decks. She sometimes records her dreams. And so the guy who you're about to work for is the guy who owns the company that makes those things. He just kind of like, you know, hand to chin kind of scratches his stubble. Um what do we what do we know anything specifically about dream worlds in general uh well let's have you guys make a brains roll and uh let's add if you have slip dynamics add that to whatever the highest die is all right i do uh, i do not know anything i got a 3 i got a 5 uh, it's a five as well. Okay. The two of you who have fives, uh, you, you've done some reading on this, but it was, it was Nash who failed the roll? Yes. Yeah, okay. Well, that kind of makes sense because you, you live in sort of a, a, an isolated, alienated haze of your own. Don't uh, watch the news or <laughs> read much. <laughs> um, and you guys have never been to a dream world before. But uh, but Ben can fill you in, and Chip also knows this from. Uh, there's lots of TV shows that use this as a trope, because um, the Dream World is is a pocket universe. It has its own laws, its own laws of physics, its own reality. It's sort of pocketed off from the rest of the multiverse. Uh, they're created by the intense and chaotic interaction between the subjective and objective boundaries. That is that they're the discarded byproducts of subconscious processes. Every dream that anyone's ever had spawns a complete universe of its own. It's a bubble reality that we call a dream world. Some call them pocket universes. So basically it means 
Dreams are real, and you can enter them. And it sounds like you're going to. He shudders a little bit. <laughs> All right, so here's, here's what I know. The client, is, the client is willing to provide a ship. Oh, nice. And, uh, while I stall for a minute trying to find a picture of your ship, <laughs> and it's uh, it's not the greatest vessel in the world, but it's duct tape and chicken wire. Let me see if I can find a way to share a window here. We've we've been in worse. You could always email it if you want. Hmm. Might be easier. Just throw it in the in the thread, the email thread. But, uh, is this oh, like I'm a duct tape and chicken? That means that the viewers will be able to see it. Ah, yeah. Yeah, if you do screen share, yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna try to do that. Here we go. Let's see. Is this duct tape and chicken wire kind of ship going? Well. Yeah. All right. I can handle that. I've had worse. He pulls yeah. up his phone and he shows you a picture. This is a tiny tyrant. Just enough for all three of us, and it's and just uh, enough space for all three of you. And Leroy. A quick rundown of the ship. Okay, it's uh, it's got enough fuel for. 25 hours, because you can't stay more than 24. Now, remember, if you are in an alternate reality for more than 24 hours, uh, you sort of vape out of existence in this timeline. You really don't want that to happen. It's called missing your window. And there are a couple dozen uh, outside of Diaspora Ranch, which is the place where most of these slips begin their missions from. There are a couple mm -hmm. dozen uh, statues and other homages to the slip ship pilots who vaporized out of existence by missing their window. Ooh, and you have an emergency bay and an emergency backup ship in place to jump out and try to rescue uh, anyone who's in danger of missing their window. Although, in practice, that succeeds less often than it fails. Hmm. You really want to be careful about staying within your 24-hour window. The ship has landing gear. Uh, it is aerodynamically capable. Hmm. Um, it, uh, you can see it's got a long-range scanner for facing view part, a little bit of cargo space, a laser weapon. I can, yep. Uh, how, how, uh, is that up to date and is that powered up? Oh, it's fully powered up and it's ready to go. In fact, it's sitting at Diaspora Ranch and we're going to catch the maglev down there uh, as soon as we leave from here because the client is like, itching to go. Apparently, he's been researching a whole lot of dream worlds. He's got something to do with this dream deck technology of his. I don't know how it all ties together, but uh, but anyways, that's his that's his main thing, right? Dreams, that's his main thing. So he, mm. he's found a dream world. He wants you guys to explore it. And he went out and bought this ship strictly for this mission. I mean, he's not a day tripper himself. Seems like the kind of guy who rarely gets out of the office at all, if you know what I'm talking about. Real egghead, this guy. So is he coming with us then? Oh, no, no, no. He won't be coming with me at all. Okay. He right. couldn't even fit in here unless he goes in the cargo space. Yeah, I don't need anybody that green on a mission like this. Dream World is going to be a dicey proposition. No, let's, let's get on down to the train station, and I'll fill you guys in on the way down. Okay, so you're, you're right, Nick? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm okay. All right. Here's Chip. Chip, Nick, it's almost the same thing. You're not going to put chunks on this, are you? Come on. No, no, it's, it's, no, it's fine. Yeah, this is this is exactly what I've been looking for. This is this is going to be perfect. You want to learn something, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. 
All right, you're going to learn a yeah. whole shitload. Oh, you need to dive in. Right? Yeah. right up front, it's going to be worth 10 megabucks each. So, look, 30 megabucks, that's a pretty big deal right there. Hmm. In fact, if you if you pooled that together, you know, it's it's like half as much as a ship this size. Hmm. I mean, you're like halfway to buying your own slip ship if you succeed in this mission. Fair yeah. enough. We Is can... this one for sale? Oh, you can always find uh, either either a ship for sale or some technician who's willing to cobble it together. See what happened with about just about ten years ago. This guy named Zion Diaspora. He's an open source guru. He's dead now, but uh, he invented this technology and he shared it with the world. It was all open source shit, terabytes and terabytes of information that he released shortly before his death. And of course, the governments weren't fast enough to put the lid on it. Military and CIA, all of the uh, international organizations, he, they weren't able to keep it under wraps. And so as a result, you've got everything from like high tech uh, uh, educational institutions, academies, uh, intelligence organizations from all of the first world countries, as well as like just scrappy garage mechanics and weird open source gurus tinkering in their backyards putting together slip ships and some of them are like, you know, mega billion dollar sleek military affairs. And then some of them look like Rube Goldberg contraptions that would fall apart if you lean on them. Tremendous <laughs> range in the quality of slip ships available. Uh, as you guys hop off the maglev train and he gets a, a driverless Uber, no, I'm sorry, Uber's dead. He gets a driverless Lyft, takes you up to a, <laughs> <laughs> Take you up to Diaspora Ranch. It's a robotic vehicle, and he's telling you uh, more about the ship. And you can see Diaspora Ranch. It really looks like a big farm. In fact, it used to be a farm. It was a major industrial farm, but it's been converted into uh, kind of a spaceport for uh, for, for slip ships. As you enter the compound and you pass through clearance, you guys are all uh, pre-verified because. Uh, Cordoba knows how to pull strings. So you're expected, and the doors are open for you. The secretary lets you right by with a quick scan. And as you enter the bay, you see there's there's 10, 10 bays within a very, very large hangar-like area. There are six ships here right now. One of them is a big sphere. It's a big white sphere. Looks like it could it could you could store a house in it. Most of them though. Are really pretty small. They're about the size of your vehicle, which is which is like about the size of a semi truck. And then a couple of them are really tiny, like little compact car looking things. You see your vehicle, the tiny tyrant. You're sitting in bay five, and he's uh, lithium is just wrapping up the pitch as you guys walk toward the vehicle and uh, you start looking it over. I'm sure Ben, you really want to take a good look around the vehicle. Yeah, I want to give it a. Uh... The pay is ten megs each. The mission is, uh, is is scouting for information on this dream world that he's found, hmm. and uh, you know, I guarantee you there will there will be some major advances for you uh, if you make the information public. Because like, you know, this is still new technology, and dream worlds are always new and interesting. And alternate Earths are interesting. Alternate dimensions are interesting. You can usually get a book deal or a, a, a movie contract. 
or uh, at least a lecture tour. You can appear on Oprah. Oprah's still alive. She's been cloned like nine times. What? Yeah. Ah. <laughs> uh. So uh, you know, there's there's definitely a chance of getting some some fame and notoriety out of out of uh, a mission this this unique and exciting. So that's always something that probably perks up Chip's ears. Um, now we don't know too much about this place. It's some sort of a, it's some sort of a compound or a, or a, a camp or a campus or a military base. Just judging by the by the general looks and description of the place, there's multiple buildings. And in one of these buildings is the IT department, and that's what Cordoba wants you to find, because because mm. he's sure that if you bring back uh, the a backup of the main database from this place, there's bound to be all sorts of interesting information in here. Mm. He, he hasn't told me why he's sure of that, but remember that he has the he has the ability through these dream decks to look into people's people's dreams, and so it could be that uh, the world you're going to is one that somebody has already dreamed about. That could have been his his recon. Huh. He knows there's something valuable in the database, so he uh, lithium hands you a, a thumb drive, and we're going to want you to, to back up the main database on this thumb drive when you when you come back. All right. Um, just, I'll pocket that. That's all you got to do is get to this compound, locate hmm. the IT department, Download the main database onto your thumb drive and bring it back to Earth. Oh, Seems there's one other thing I got to tell you. I mean, you know, don't make too big of a thing out of this because we don't know. But uh, he says the reality is inherently unstable. <laughs> Aren't they all? <laughs> of course. The matter of degree, Nash. The matter of degree. And suddenly you realize why he told you about the money first. We're going to be walking <laughs> on shaky ground. <laughs> well, it's um, a dream world after all. So, if he knows as much as he knows, is this area protected? So, are people in this dream world, or is it strictly a, a, a resonation of people's dreams from all over the multiverses? Yes. Okay. So, should we expect <laughs> resistance? Uh, that I don't know. Um, he said it was a compound, uh, but he didn't say anything about uh, armed guards or anything like that. I mean, I think if he knew anything like that, he would have told me. Um, I, but I, I, I would expect that there are probably people there. Okay. People, people, or alien people? Like, I don't know how this stuff works so much. I mean, yes. I just, I come well, along. The answer is you know. yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Fair enough. You got your weapons on you? I'm, I'm assuming you're packing as usual. Of course. All right. Never leave oh, on wait, a slip trip unprepared. Where, oh, you never know. Wait, we're going to need weapons? You always need weapons. Do you know I don't how, even you know, know where we're kid? going. Yeah. You know how to fight, well, kid? Well, well, I mean, I I took some lessons a while. I mean, there was there was a few episodes where... Where uh, Marty—that's the the character of Marty. Um, he oh, I, he took McCoy. karate. Um, so I mean, I got a little bit of that. But uh, mm. look, you just stay out of the way. You do what you're told. Just you won't have any up. trouble. Yeah. All right. All right. So around now, Ben is checking out the ship. He's walking around, and you can see that the construction is kind of quirky. Now, mm. 
mechanically, what that means is you're going to be at a negative one on everything you do piloting the ship un right. until you kind of get a feel for it and figure out its quirks, and then that negative one goes away. Fair enough. And Ben, while you're doing that, and I'm sure Nash is just sort of standing there sullen with his hands in his pockets, thinking about what has happened to his life. Uh, <laughs> you're looking up at that big white sphere, that beautiful, gigantic slip ship down at the other end of the, of the, the hangar. And uh, you see the, the a panel slides open, and out comes a small entourage. This guy's in some really fancy European suits. And this beautiful blonde woman who's wearing Whoa. a shimmering hologram. It looks like uh, water swirling all around her and uh, sort of like little satellites floating over her head. Um, you don't even have to make a roll for this because she's fucking famous. That's Scylla Sardassian. She is one of the... <laughs> Love it. She's one of the she's one of the richest celebrities on the planet, and she is the star of the the popular stock show Follow My Ass. <laughs> ben Ben kind of notices as he kind of pokes his head around. If you could get invited, if you could get invited to a Sardassian party, uh, chances are your life would be made in the shade. Hmm. And of course, she's not even looking in your direction. But her and her entourage are coming down the ramp. They're about, uh, they're about 100, 150 feet away. Do you want to make a move? Ben just kind of looks around one of the one of the uh, the power cells and, and, and looks at this. He's, ah, that's nice. And then goes back to this. And you realize at this point that the little things hovering around her head are hover cams. She's filming right now. And she's oh. got her she's got her TV face on, and that's why she looks all glam. Uh, some of the people who are around her, you recognize as uh, lower grade celebrities. So apparently, she had some guest stars on this episode, and it looks like they must have just got back, and they're doing their their wrap up as they come down the ramp. The cameras are hovering around, getting a good view, and one of the cameras comes out from the group and starts cruising slowly uh, clockwise around the perimeter. It'll be facing you guys in, in about 30, 60 seconds. Looks like it's getting B-roll. Yeah, I'm going to, uh, Chip's going to make a move to to approach her, just basically start walking directly towards her. What's your charm, Chip? Uh, I have a five. Wow. Whoa. Five. Jesus Christ. She you spent are. all your points in charm. <laughs> Crafting that plus uh, plus I got a bonus from my career. Wow. That class. So, yeah. Nice. Okay, so I want you to roll all five of those dice for me. Right. Take the highest one and let's see if you can add uh, do you have any skills you want to use? Are you gonna talk to I her? also have I have a plus one in fast talking. Nice. Ooh. You know, like beguiler. Oh, okay. That's really cool. Um, so give me a rough idea of what you're going to say. Uh, so I'm basically going to start approaching her and say, uh, you know, uh, Miss uh, was Slipdashian, right? Sardassian. Sardassian, that's her. Uh, Miss Sardassian, it's so lovely to meet you. Can't believe that we'd be in the same place at the same time. I watch your show all the time. It's great. I remember you as a little kid and you know, everything used to go on and I've seen you grow up and your family's so great. It's just, it's an honor to be here. And I know that, you know, we, we really hit it off. 
Ben is snickering over by the uh, the slip ship. Ship, uh, as you as you begin that speech, um, she's slowly turning toward you with her big teeth, her big Hollywood smile. Um, but you know what? You, you notice the smile slips just a little bit when you said, "Watch you since I was a little kid." Ah. Oh, wrong move. Okay, now I want you to roll those five dice. Take the highest one and add your fast talk, but you're going to be at a negative one because of that comment. All right. Well, well I rolled a five and then plus six, um, nine is five, so ten. Uh, you're going to take the highest nine? Yep. You added fast talk and subtracted one and ended up with ten? Yep. Damn, you're good. <laughs> I rolled a five, five, four, two, three. Nice. Well, what's your fast talk? Is it a plus one or is it a plus five? Uh, oh, sorry. No, that's right. My my fast talk is plus one. So actually, I ended up with five. Sorry about that. Okay. Bad math. <laughs> I on, added. Man. I accidentally added six instead of one. I don't know. I wrote it down it properly. She looks a little bit <laughs> so annoyed. Five. You realize that you stepped into her shot. <laughs> <clears throat> she glances up at the camera, and then she glances back at you. And, but then another look crosses her face. It's a look of recognition. She says, uh, Backyard Kingdom, right? That's right, Marty. That's uh, Charles Star- Charles Parsons. And, and your name is? Charles Parsons. Although you might know me as Chip. I have. Uh, that's kind of what we went down, you know, back when I was a kid. She says, It's such a shame that you haven't had much work lately. You do have such a nice day. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, that's you should meet my friends here. Uh, you know, they're actually. I'm. I'm right now. I'm training for a new movie. It's kind of this. Uh, this where I'm a. I'm a slip ship travel uh, pilot, and it's big wartime movie. And so, you know, my friends here are kind of getting me into the role, and it's. It's going to be great. I'd love to get. You know, it right before. I'd love to have you at the premiere. If we could get you on, and kind of maybe I could be on your show, and you could talk about it a little bit. I'd love that. I, I know we definitely get in, in your, your with your exposure. You know, we could definitely make this movie happen. Okay, you can you can sort of feel her slipping away a little bit because she keeps glancing up at the camera and you're still standing in the shot. Um, and she says, we might be able to work something out. Here, James, she snaps her fingers and one of her entourage comes up. Uh, he's a really serious looking little Asian dude. Looks like he'd kick your ass in a heartbeat. And uh, he pulls up a little tablet device and he says, contact info. Now all oh, you have to do is hold your contact device uh, up near his, hold your phone near his, and then swipe in his direction. All right, yeah. So I'll like kind of pat my pockets because I'm not used to the 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 get up that I'm wearing right now, and so I have to kind of find it in one of the cargo pockets, and then I'll I'll pull it out and give it a nice swipe. Okay, he glances at the information. He has sort of a dour look on his face, but you have the feeling this guy always looks that way. <laughs> and he's going well with uh, Nash. Thank you very much. Miss Cardassian's people will be in touch with you at their earliest leisure. And uh, you realize that she and the rest of the group have already moved down the ramp and they're, she's finishing up her, her soliloquy. So the, the conversation is over. You're left with, you're left with uh, her, her hand. And uh, he just gives you sort of a curt nod. It's, thanks. Good to meet you again. Good to meet you. I can't wait to hear back from you. Oh, kid. 
he gets this kind of thing all the time. He just sort of gives you a polite smile that fades almost immediately, and then he says goodbye. <laughs> all right. As the as that group walks away out toward the out toward the the hangar doors, uh, you you're not really sure exactly where you stand, Chip. You feel like there there may be an opportunity there with a little bit of a misstep, but then again, she is always looking for people to to take on her her, her show. And she enjoys being the most famous person in the room. Hmm. So, you know, uh, relatively speaking, it means you've got at least a chance of being invited for a guest spot. Excellent. I'll walk, as I walk away, I kind of do like the fist pump and I'll point at the guys, give them a thumbs up. <laughs> but when you walk shake, away, shake Nash, my head. <laughs> Yeah, he, he just completely, like, you weren't never there in the first place. Like, you walk away, and he just, like, looks like you're not there. So he saw none of it. So as you get closer, like, he's he's got his backpack off. Like, he's going through gear. He's making sure that, you know, like, straps are tight. Like, he's got everything in the right pockets and stuff. So you come up, and you're, like, all happy and shit. And he's like, what? <laughs> so uh, you notice, uh, Chip, as, as, you're, as you're walking back to join your guys, that hover cam has come around. It's taken a look at your ship. It's taken a look at Ben and Nash. And then it hovers in front of you for a little bit longer. You get the feeling it's zooming in for a close-up, and it's probably putting a lower third. Yeah. I'll uh, hmm. I'll go ahead and, and give it a wink and kind of one of the, the finger points. Ah, nice. Yeah, you know when you're on camera. Yeah. Okay, and then off zooms a little hover camera, and you go back and rejoin your group. All right. Uh, no then you finish checking out the chip. It, it looks it looks ready to go. A little bit quirky. You're going to have to get a handle on the controls, but it's it's definitely ready. All right. Now, um, as far as the uh, the onboard uh, weaponry, do I have uh, do I have control of that from the from the stick, or do I do we need someone down in the uh, another um, uh, control station? Yeah, it's two different stations. In fact, they're quite far away from each other. Way up at the top is the pilot's helm. At That's what I thought. There, and then mm -hmm. that, that round green thing way down at the bottom, that's yeah. where the laser gun is. So that is probably where Nash is going to be sitting if he feels the need to man the laser. Gotcha. Sort of like a almost like the the, uh, the bubble turn of B-17. Yeah, yeah. It actually, it extends out and it spins. All right. All right, you're going to have to Millennium Falcon this shit if you need be. So how's the ship? Is this thing going to work or what? Uh, put my hands on my hips. I kind of cock my head at it. Eh, she'll run okay. I'll get a handle on her eventually. All right. As long she's, as you're comfortable. She's, she's slipworthy. Fair enough. And fully, fully charged and ready to go. So. I, I look at Chip. I'm like, well, Chip. And I hesitate because <laughs> I use his right name. Looks like she's <laughs> uh, slipworthy. Aren't you excited? Absolutely. I give us the ship like a knock like can't wait don't, to don't, get i mean don't touch it tries to look a little serious now like, don't touch do it. this and yeah, all right you ready we're gonna do that yes. shakes his head you guys enter the ship you see it's a it's it's really cramped really small mm -hmm. um there's there's so much pipes and machinery and shit that it's kind of hard to work your way around the ship looks pretty big from the outside but there's not mm -hmm. a whole lot of space on the inside some places you have to kind of turn sideways to get through the hallway. Uh, as you get yourself up to the to the pilot's cabinet, all the lights come on, and sort of a gruff voice says, Greetings, Ben Fitch. I'm Tyro. 
This is the shit computer. What's up, Tyro? You ready to roll? Affirmative. Let's nice. kick ass. That's what I like. I'm going to strap myself in the uh, in the controls. Give it a once over. If familiarize myself. I've flown one of these before, but it's uh, it looks like this is slapdash together. So there's some like, third party shit going on here. Yeah, so, there is. Right. There is. You see that the, the slip capacitor is a, is a type you've never seen before, and it uses mm-hmm. some sort of weird mounting system that doesn't seem entirely secure. Maybe uh, maybe that's what makes the ship handle in a, in a quirky way. You'll you'll figure it out as you start playing with it. All right. Is there anything I can? I did I know by per, just giving it the once over? Like, hey, I could do this adjustment, or I could do this here, and then maybe that'll help. Or do I have to wait and see as as we're on our way? Yeah, you're you're actually going to have to wait and see. It's kind of like you know when you when you uh, when you buy a used vehicle. And you don't really know how to how to drive it yet, but then after a while, you figure out, oh, if you kick it right here, then it, it stops rumbling. There you go. That's All right. Thing. Fair enough. You got to get Fair to know enough. it. Now, when, when the ship says kick ass, Nash gets like a little grin across his face. Yep, we're ready to roll. So I will. Uh, so those are like jump seats, you know, that are kind of like away from the pilot area, or is there other like stations, or would I just naturally wind up down in the? Uh, I mean, I wouldn't go to the gun turret. I don't think. I mean, it might take a look to right. see there what are, the controls look like. Two, there are two. Actually, there's there's three jump seats. There's the pilots, which is front and center, and then back to the left and to the right are two additional jump seats. Okay, I will probably sit um chiro says running pre-launch diagnostics and you see a bunch of green lights sometimes they flicker and then they go solid it's running as mm-hmm. diagnostics and each time it tests a subsystem it reports that subsystem is go it's using um it's using military jargon uh you get the feeling that the previous owners were military i like it makes me feel a little more comfortable uh, when the ship com- completes its run, uh, it looks like all lights are green. Uh, Tyro tells you that all systems are go. Coordinates loaded. Ready for launch. All right, Tyro, let's... Uh, now, down let's... on the ground, you see Lithium. He's standing back, so you can so you can see him. He has to stand, like, you know, 30 feet back so you can see him from way up there. And he's holding his both thumbs way up in the air, smiling with his big, stupid smile. I, uh... I'm going to open the little D window on the side. Clear. We're ready to go. You hear a bunch of talk over the radio between the, uh, the control station and the ship itself. Tyro is uh, reporting its uh, preparedness for launch, requesting clearance, and the uh, control station uh, requests all other bays shut down activity, prepare for launch in bay five, and you see a bunch of lights read across the computer screen as uh, your coordinates are preloaded. So that's one good thing is that the, uh, the ship is going to be preloaded with the coordinates for the jump, which means it's going to be able to help you make the jump. Cool. You get that additional plus one from the, the ship's slip dynamic software. Nice. And that will offset the quirkiness factor. So that's good. All right. I, I look the chip and I say, hold on to your ass. Yeah, you guys all strapped in. Mm-hmm. Anytime, Ben. Alright, I fire I fire up capacitor and we're ready to go. Okay. 
you all start feeling this slight sort of a tingling electrical feeling. The ship begins vibrating, micro-vibrating. And then suddenly the sound, you feel like, and it's kind of like a, an infinitely thin sheet of freezing cold passes through your body, while an infinitely thin sheet of burning hot passes through in the other direction. You feel yourself kind of sliced in half for a, for a nanosecond, and then the world goes black. There's all sorts of colors shooting around you. Uh, you all feel that your stomach sort of swirling, and now you need to make a roll. I've got too many books. <laughs> That's all right. We'll clear all this up in post. <laughs> no, you won't. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> okay. What you guys need to do is there's no model. Uh, just make a straight psyche roll. Whatever your psyche is, roll that many dice. Tell me the, number, the highest one. I'm using my massive Serpent's Blood D6 from Easy Roller Dice Company. You said massive. And it rolled a six. Thank you, Easy Roller Dice Company. There you go. See, at Easy Roller Dice, you get sixes all the time. Well, not all the time, but... Even uh, when Ben's you roll twenties. Uh, three. Who was that? Uh, Chip got a three. Uh, that kind of makes sense. What about Ben? Ben got a four. All right, uh, Ben and Nash, since you've been on jumps before, you know what this feeling is. Uh, you kind of ride it out. But, Chip, you've never felt anything like this before, and you've, you've done some hallucinogens, but you've still never felt anything like this before. Uh, and you're, you're I, lean over, I lean over my shoulder and I hang out. For a moment, you think you might be dying. <laughs> instant, you know, uh, your, your body thinks it's dying for a moment. And so uh, I need you to roll 1d6. Tell me what you get. All right. Uh-oh. Don't die on us. <laughs> One. <laughs> Ooh. That's actually a pretty good thing to roll. What happens, Chip, is that you are okay. paralyzed. You're oh, okay. Frozen. Yeah, there's nothing you can do to hurt yourself, so that's good. You're frozen in place. If anybody asked you your name right now, you wouldn't even, be able, you wouldn't even know what to say. You're just completely <laughs> paralyzed with fear at this moment. Really strapped into the seat, holding, clutching, white knuckled the sides of the seat, just bolt upright. Nash yeah. looks over. He says, "Are you having fun yet, Chip?" <laughs> and now it feels like the entire ship is, is like barrel rolling and, and just sort of spiraling down this infinite tunnel. As colors go whirling past you, the colors are whirling through the walls of the ship. <laughs> the reality that you're looking at has suddenly just become like an overlay, like a film overlay on top of another film that's going through hyperspace. And you can't tell where the inside of the ship is and the outside of the ship is or whether you're actually there or not. You kind of feel like you're floating without a body. It's really freaking you out. The other guys are like, woo <laughs> Look, Mom, no hands! <laughs> Underneath the heavy, the heavy breathing, you can probably almost hear a whimpered cry. <laughs> 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 suddenly it comes to a stop when you look out the window you are no longer in Diaspora Ranch this podcast is a proud member of the Legends of Tabletop broadcast network for more gaming related content please visit www.legendsoftabletop.com